This is a War Machine Rhino. What's up? This is TJP. This is the Swingman Johnny Swinger. This is Father James Mitchell. And you're listening to Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis, Daddy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Total Nonstop Analysis. I am your host, Carmen Michael, as always, and we are continuing this journey through old school TNA wrestling episode 31 now. It's been quite a while, but like I said, we are continuing this journey at the beginning of this my two best friends here, KP and Davis, were virgins to TNA Wrestling, but that's okay because now they are experts just like me. We know everything there is to know about TNA, honestly. Like you can ask them any question whatsoever. They'd be happy to answer. Just tweet them like any question. They've got the entire history memorized by now. Everybody's spreading lies and bullshit now. Yeah. There is no lies and bullshit here. We are speaking straight facts. These are Carmen's words and not mine and Golly's. I don't know. I think it's possible. The fact that I am even recording this podcast right now is a miracle. Last night we had New South Pro Wrestling Action Clash taping from Gadsden, Alabama with Dark Order member number 10, Preston Vance. And it was one heck of a show. Kylie, you were there. You can confirm how wild it was from start to finish. Yeah, y'all ain't ready for this. When it comes out on IWTV, uh, you have to watch it. It was just top to bottom, great matches, uh, especially the the main event, Derek Neal versus Preston Vance, or ten, Dark Orders 10, whatever you want to call him. Awesome. Just mm. incredible night. There was a lot of great action, a lot of... Uh, I'll say unexpected things that happen. There's some heartbreaking moments. There were some joyous moments. It's a little bit of everything. Last night, I both ring announced and commentated. And then, of course, this morning, on top of this wonderful podcast that we're recording now, I also recorded commentary for Flawless Wrestling. That'll be my first bit of work with them and of which I am very much excited, but it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy weekend next weekend. Of course, we're going to have Dan Housen live in Spartman civic center, Hartzell, Alabama for new South wrestling may see if I can get a word with Dan Housen about some TNA wrestling. See what all he knows. That would be amazing. I, I can't imagine listening to Dan Housen talk about TNA Housen. I need to know what Dan Housen's thoughts are on the Johnsons, damn it. <laughs> that, yeah, that would probably be interesting. And then, of course, the next night we have New South Top Shelf in Huntsville, Alabama. And then that Thursday, the- uncensored. Too hot for TV. You have to be there. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> well, why did you want a Macho Man with that? I didn't. It's not Macho Man. My Macho Man Randy Savage is a lot different than that. <clears throat> <laughs> but on the 29th, 
we take over Toyota Field. Trash Pandas Baseball, we are going to be the pre-show. We're going to be taping, maybe have some special content coming out of there. But we got a lot of great shows coming up. Of course, our anniversary show is coming up on August 14th. There's so much to look forward to. But I'm looking forward to going over this show with y'all. This is the last episode of TNA Impact before their debut on Spike TV. Everything after the Unbreakable pay-per-view was all a clip show. So this is the last little bit of original impact content that we're getting before spike TV. Of course, next week we will be reviewing the unbreakable 2005 pay-per-view. This of course is TNA impact from September 9th, 2005, the unbreakable go home edition. The show kicks off with Mike Tanay running down the card for our upcoming pay-per-view. Again, this is our last episode before Unbreakable and before the debut on Spike TV, we kick off with a hot match, the Candido Cup Finals, as Chris Sabin and Shocker take on Sean Waltman and Alex Shelley. The winner advances to the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team title match this Sunday at Unbreakable. The future Motor City Machine Guns kick things off with Shelley getting the better of Chris Sabin before the commercial break. But once we get back, the pace picks up with deep arm drags from both men before both tag out with Waltman and Shocker in the ring. One can presume that KP's excitement level also rose. Maybe his pants got a little bit tighter, but not too much happened here. There were some frequent tags with Shelly and Saban back in the ring. Shelly begged off Chris Saban and kissed his feet for all you perverts out there. There's a neat little dive sequence between the teams with Waltman hitting a beautiful top rope somersault. But ultimately, there's some more miscommunication here between Chris Saban and Shocker, leading to Saban accidentally hitting a missile dropkick on his teammate. Saban tries to check on his partner, but Shelly and Waltman super kick him and throw him to the outside of the ring. Waltman hits the X-Factor face buster on Shocker for the win. Sean Waltman and Alex Shelley advance to Unbreakable. On the ramp, Waltman and Shelley celebrate with the trophy, with Shocker and Saban sharing some words in the ring, while the crowd chants Chris Candido. It looks like all is well as the two embrace, but unfortunately for Saban, as he turns his back, Shocker lays him out, turning on Chris Saban and posturing to the fans as we fade into the next segment. So much to take in there. Ooh, a Shocker heel. Th- I mean, was it ever established whether he was a heel or face? He's really been know. a he's been a face this entire time, but yeah, Shocker with the f- pun fully intended. Shocker of the year. Yeah. Turning on Chris Saban here. I thought for sure Saban was going to turn on Shocker. I'm excited for this uh, Shocker Hill Hill turn. Because I, I, I obviously I enjoyed Shocker as a face. I can't imagine what he can do as a heel. Yeah, it was actually kind of cool seeing uh, the future Motor City Machine Guns go at it for a bit. I was like, oh, that's that's a that's a neat little 
thing for you know you know for, for what we know when that happens in the future and then of course waltman's always good sean waltman again quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers here in tna but he, you ain't kidding he's impressive as hell i should have watched more of his single stuff you know before dx and stuff Backstage, we are then joined by the franchise, Shane Douglas, along with the alpha male, Monty Brown. Douglas says Monty's been a destructive force since joining TNA. And Monty tells Apollo he needs to quit whining because his attack on Sonny Siaki was just nature taking its course. Monty says that Lance Hoyt is just a big galloping buffoon of a giraffe galloping into the Serengeti, waiting to feel the pounce. And while the crowd may be chanting, Hoyt, 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 he is going to be hurt, hurt, hurt. Monty turns to Shane and says, you want to know how I'm going to do it? Shane, who is standing by giddily, says he knows this part. And Monty quietly exclaims with a pounce, period, and walks away as Shane Douglas looks rather beside himself that he didn't get to hear the catchphrase. I know I'm right there with you, Shane. It hurt me, too. We all wanted to hear it one last time. How are you going to have... Monty do a do a promo and not you know scream out the pounce like I mean it was still a good promo don't get me wrong like I don't think he can cut a bad promo but we didn't get the pounce as we got it from you Carmen you 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 made our day well we did get one pounce out of him during that but unfortunately not to close it out I really hope this isn't something that sticks like I said I've watched all this before but it has been so so long I barely remember most of it so. Hashtag Monty, please bring back the pounce. <laughs> Hashtag Monty for Hoss. And bring for absolutely a period. I did point that out last night on Nasty Leroy's vlog as he got me on there. Nasty Leroy, who is petitioning to come onto the TNA pod, I say, come right on, Nasty Leroy. I think the world needs this crossover. But I did say on his vlog last night that we have to get Monty Brown to New South. And if that means I have to feed Leroy in for a pounce in the first round of the Haas tournament, by God, that's a sacrifice I am willing to make. Leroy seems up for it. So we just got to see where this goes. Yeah. I I, for one, like Nasty, and I, I, I wouldn't mind having them on the podcast. And, uh, I mean, uh, sorry to say, but I also would be up for him taking a pounce at Haas. To be fair, it doesn't matter how much I like you. I want to see you get pounced by Monty Brown. If it was up to me, both of you would be pounced by Monty Brown just for my sheer enjoyment. And I'm sorry about it. Uh, I love I you both. You're you're my favorite people in the world. I'll do it. See, just, thank you. Just just, just I'm, I'm gonna hand you my glasses because I'm sure if I get pounced, my glasses are gonna go flying. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, 
I'll, I'll do that. Especially, I'll, I'll even like sell sell out out my ass. Like I'll I'll go flying. I'm, I'm sure I would anyway. It's, I mean, it's Monty Brown. I don't think you'd have to do anything. I think you'll just go flying, Prescott. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't have a you don't have a say in this. You're just gonna go. Also, KP, you sound like caller number nine on the radio. <laughs> I am on the air. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> we then go backstage again with Shane Douglas, this time with the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. He says, this is the gospel of the fallen angel. The seconds are ticking away from their unveiling on Spike TV. The fans need to know who will be leading the charge into a new era. Will it be Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, AJ Styles? No, it will be him, Christopher Daniels. He takes the responsibility and says, Mr. TNA will be the man. He bleeds and breathes for TNA, even going as far as to say that his heart has six sides, which sounds like a medical condition, if I'm being honest. But this Sunday, he will show the world that his desire, his will, his spirit is unbreakable. Damn good promo out of Christopher Daniels here. Yeah, CD's a guy can always get a good promo, and I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. And will he will he will he remain our exhibition champion? Who knows? I hope it ends with him going to a cardiologist. I agree with Carmen here. He he probably uh he probably has the condition that he doesn't even know about. He just he needs to get that checked out. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Christopher Daniels and his search to figure out why his heart is six-sided. Please send your tweets to at FAC Daniels. Let him know that you're thinking about him. Well, this was 16 years ago, so I'm hoping by now he's, you know, got it checked out. No, he won't get it checked out until he hears it on this podcast. To be fair, he probably doesn't remember saying it. (laughs) He probably does it. That's very true. What he should remember is bringing the fallen angel to AEW. Hey. <laughs> but here's one that will be stuck in my memory forever. As international megastar, renowned celebrity, friend of the people, and friend of the podcast. Shark Boy is in a match next, and I wonder what poor jabroni is about to make his way to the ring and feel the jaws of Shark Boy. Who is the poor, unfortunate soul about to come out and get the brakes beaten off of them because no one deserves to be in the ring with Shark Boy. Shark Boy's the best. Shark Boy's the greatest. And Whoops, it's, it's Samoa Joe. Fuck. Yeah. Rip. Yeah, I was I was doing the same thing you was doing, Carmen. I was wondering who's gonna get destroyed by Shark Boy, and then it was Joe, so I'm like, ah, uh, yikes. <sighs> Shark Boy put up one hell of a fight, even biting the toes of Samoa Joe. For all you perverts out there. 
Although it doesn't last as long as he would hope as Joe hits a muscle buster followed by a coquina clutch for the quick victory. Joe picking up even more steam before his unbreakable triple threat match. Yeah, I mean, I know how much we love Shark Boy in this podcast, but he he ain't gonna beat Joe. Like, there's just no way. Joe is unfucking stoppable. Excuse um, me. Um, I'll um, have you know, Shark Boy beat the X Division champion Christopher Daniels just a week before this. Exactly. Nothing is impossible. Honestly, we should. Nada es imposible, Davis. Nada es imposible. Exactly. First of all, petition to kick Kylie off of the podcast for that blasphemy. Uh, second, uh, second off, uh, denied. Shark, Shark Boy uh, beat Chris Daniels. This should be a fatal four-way now at Unbreakable. You know what? You are damn right. You are right. Nah. Nah. Yep. Nah. Yep. That's how you make a match a six-star match, baby. It has to be the Tokyo Dome to be six stars, Carmen. God. Well, this would have changed everything. No, it would have been seven stars in Tokyo Dome. I think y'all are really underselling this. This could have been the greatest match of all time. Fuck it. Let's whatever, whatever Kenny Omega's greatest match was, just add like two stars to that. Okada Dominion 2018 or I think what that's a what it was. fucking nerd. 2019. <laughs> well, in 2019, that was, that was when AEW started. Y'all fight like a married couple. I mean, we did used to live together. I thought you were about to say, well, we were. Used- <laughs> we did used to be married. I'm like, whoa, okay. I mean, it's legal. Kylie hey. wishes. That's true. That I'm is not, true. I don't, I don't really want to marry you. Wish. I just want to fuck you. That's all. <laughs> well, we know which one you're going to be in the game of fuck, marry, kill, KP. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to terms with the fact that I'm always the person who gets killed, and that is okay. <laughs> but we go into our next match. A triple threat. Eric Young with A1 against Chris Harris along with James Storm and Andy Douglas with Chase Stevens in the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. Things break down rather quickly and senior official Rudy Charles ejects everyone from ringside. It's a pretty typical triple threat, but it's still enjoyable. Waltman and Shelley watch on from backstage at a normal viewing angle for a TV. What a wild concept that is. Just a couple things of note. Eric Young has a tremendous elbow drop, but ultimately the wildcat Chris Harris ends up picking the victory after hitting a catatonic on Eric Young. All the momentum seems to be in the favor of America's most wanted heading to unbreakable. What do you say? Well, if I know pro wrestling, whoever looks good on the go home show usually loses. So I'm going to say, whoa, whoa, what what do you mean? I'm going to say the naturals are going to win. Not true. Slanderous. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know, you can't forget we have the winner of the Candido Cup as well. So, you know, whoever wins that could. Exactly. I say they're the ones who stood tall because they're the ones that know how to watch a TV looking at it straight on like a normal ass person. You don't, you're not, you're not supposed to like stand to the side and kind of side out yeah. of the TV. I thought that's what you're supposed to do for like ultimate like viewage. Normal ass people. Not to be confused with normal ass people, even though we all know that we do love an ass man. We do, we do. Cause I'm an ass man. We definitely haven't. Yes, had I'm an ass man. What do we what do we love, KP? Ass man. Do we, we love to do. love him? Yes. We definitely haven't love had to kick him. We definitely haven't had a duet, uh, all three of us together, singing this song. No, we should really fix that. (laughs) This is why we can't get sponsored. This right here. But that's okay, because we all know the best surprises sneak up from behind. But let's go right into our next match, as Primetime Elix Skipper with Simon Diamond takes on Sanjay Dutt. Primetime is ready to go and jumps Dutt right from the opening bell. He's got a whole new demeanor. He takes Dutt to the outside and mocks him, placing a fan's hat on his head while he berates Dutt. Back in the ring, Skipper hits a release overhead belly to belly. Sanjay does manage to get in a little offense. Sanjay goes to the top but is pushed off by Simon Diamond David Young runs in to hit a spine buster before quickly exiting the ring, allowing Elix Skipper to hit the sudden death on Sanjay Dutt and pick up the victory. It seems like Simon Diamond paying off dividends here for Elix Skipper, the newest member of the Diamonds in the Rough. Interesting. Interesting. I do like this Diamonds in the Rough. Uh, faction, whatever you want to call them. So, Elix Skipper. Yeah, Elix Skipper being in this group is, is it's, it's interesting, but I mean, hey, it seems to be working for him, so if he can get some more wins, you know, maybe he can try for the X-Division title, maybe they can go for the tag titles, who knows? You know who would be a really good tag team? Could you imagine if Elix Skipper and, like, Oh no, like Christopher Daniels tag teamed? That'd be cool, don't you think? What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. That's, that's like that's, idea, some, huh? that's some fantasy ass fantasy booking right there. Yeah. That's like some 4D thinking right there. That's 4D thinking, that's what that is, yeah. <sighs> One could only hope. <laughs> We then cut backstage again as Shane Douglas is standing by with Grandma's ancient floral tablecloth, as well as Jeff Jarrett, who it kind of encloses. Shane says we are mere days away from a huge unbreakable pay-per-view, and he is shocked. But Jarrett interjects just in time to ask why is he shocked? He says he's responsible for the weekly pay-per-views, He's the reason that they moved to FSN, and he is the one who is solely responsible for the move to Spike TV. 
He will be at Unbreakable because TNA is still Planet Jarrett, and he dares somebody to try to get in the way. A lot of big talk here from Jeff Jarrett. A lot of big talk from somebody who is wearing a floral print that reminds me of a cookie canister full of sewing products. Yeah, what the fuck was he wearing? I, I think my I think my grandmother had a couch that looked like this at one point in time, or like one of those little, like couch decoration things. Lord have mercy. The fact that he couldn't choose, he's like, do I want to wear this tacky floral button up, or do I want to wear the tacky red logo shirt? And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna wear both, and I'm gonna leave that top shirt unbuttoned. So everyone can see my almost as ugly red shirt underneath. And also keep in mind, I know the irony of me critiquing someone's fashion when all I wear is gym clothes and then a suit whenever I go to New South. But hey, that's besides the point here. We're roasting Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Ricolo bag looking motherfucker. I like that Kylie said it reminded them of uh, their grand- grandmother's couch. That was pretty neat. You're pretty neat. Looking like the 1970s threw up right on a shirt, man. Yeah. Something. Looking like he was trying to camouflage himself in a white girl's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for coming to the roast of Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, see, Kylie wasn't with us last week for the roast of AJ Styles. Oh, man. You missed one. You missed one, Kylie. You really should have been there. I feel like you would have had a good time. I I do do miss being on the podcast last week, but, you know. But that's enough roasting for this week. Our main event sees the man beast Rhino and the monster abyss facing off with Sabu and NWA champion Raven. The star power in this match is absolutely wild. You have all of my favorite TNA stars in the same ring as well as Sabu, but I really enjoyed this one. I kind of took a break from typing notes to watch this. But Raven is the man who has worked over for the majority of this match with Rhino getting the majority of the offense, almost bullying Raven at some points. Rhino goes for a gore on Raven who evades, sending Rhino into his own partner. Raven, thinking on his feet, then quickly throws Rhino to the floor, allowing Sabu to hit a diving leg drop with a chair onto Abyss for the pinfall victory. All of a sudden, though, Rhino flies back into frame and nails Sabu with a gore. Abyss miraculously comes back to life, and the two beat down Raven and Sabu with the chair, and we go off the air in a frenzy for our go-home angle. But yeah, that main event was something else. I just, I don't know where this is going from here, and... You know, who who's going to win? Who's going to have that belt by the end of, by the, end of the pay-per-view, you think? That's a good question. But we will go into the match card here in a little bit. But anyway, that is our main event 
what was y'all's initial thoughts from this episode? Uh, I thought it was a pretty fun episode. I don't know how I feel about it being a go home show, whether it lives up to the hype of, you know, being a go home show before the big pay-per-view, but there was a lot of fun matches and stuff. Uh, but you know, overall, it did its job. Uh, it just it did its job for me. I'm, I'm excited about Raven and Rhino, and uh, but ult- but ultimately, my my match of the night that I'm waiting for is the exhibition triple threat. Because if I'm not mistaken, that's the match that I think people are still talking about, like 16 years later. You might be correct. Hmm. Davis, what were your thoughts on the September 9th, 2005 edition of TNA Impact? Yeah, I mean it was it was it was a fine episode. Nothing nothing like terrible, but nothing like oh my god either. Um the, of course the tag the tag matches ending of the Candido Cut was good. Um and just I don't know, they just can never, can never seem to like really get me hyped for a pay-per-view, although that that ending brawl was pretty cool, and then, you know, we get that triple. You got the triple threat coming up. It's just, it's, it's going to be a fun pay per view, I think. I am excited about Shocker's Hill turn. I'd like to see where this whole thing goes, but announced for the card so far, for Unbreakable, is Rhino versus Raven for the NWA Championship, an elimination four way for the NWA Tag Team Titles with the Naturals, AMW, Team Canada, and the Candido Cup winners, Waltman and Shelley. A triple threat match for the TNA X Division Championship with Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, and AJ Styles. And finally, a tag team match with Kip James and Monty Brown taking on Apollo and Lance Hoyt. Of the announced matches so far, which of these do you think you are most excited for? That's easy. Triple Threat, Exhibition Championship, hands down. Is that the same for you, Davis? Yeah, it does sound fun, but also for the NWA title, you know, Rhino and Raven, that's that, that's got potential. That could that could steal the show. You 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 know these two. Two of my absolute favorites. I agree. Those are the two that I'm most looking forward to. I can't wait to finally watch that again next week and review it with you two. It's going to be a good time. But let's get into our mailbag. We've got a couple questions today. First, from Josh Holiday, what wrestling match from history would you want to be in attendance for? Let's start with you, KP. Damn, uh, any match in history, I'd probably have to go. It's not like super, super old, but it's just a couple of years years ago. The match that pretty much, pretty much cemented my love for professional wrestling again would be Kenny Omega and Kazucho Okada at Dominion 2018, where Kenny finally won the IWGP. Uh, heavyweight championship. Not a bad shout out at all. Uh, Davis, what about you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead to keep you. I literally watched that. uh, I literally came over to to Kylie's house at 3 a.m. 
watched that pay-per-view and it was like six in the morning and I was on the edge of my seat watching Okada and Kenny and like I almost teared up when Kenny won. What a morning that is. Oh, Kenny yeah, Omega yes. winning and then yeah, I was just about to say and probably going to Jack's and getting yourself a chicken biscuit afterwards. Sounds like the perfect morning. I would have to say and this is probably obvious if you know me but I, w- I would love to have seen Diamond Dallas Page and Goldberg Halloween Havoc 98. I go back and watch that match, even with, with 2021 Vision, and I'm like, that's a fucking awesome match. Seeing that or seeing his False Count Anywhere match with Randy Savage, like, bruh. Also, either uh, of those as a DDP fan would be insane. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, CM Punk, John Cena, Money in the Bank 2011. Good answers. I don't remember exactly what show it was, but I wish I could have seen. It was it was supposed to be or it started out to be La Parka versus Randy Savage. But then for some reason, LaParka hits the diamond cutter and he pulls his mask up and, oh my God, it's Diamond Dallas <laughs> Page! You would have lost your mind being in that crowd. <laughs> I, I, remember watching, I believe I remember watching that on TV and losing my mind regardless. For me, I think there's a couple that come to mind. Obviously, any match Sting and Flair, preferably their Clash of the Champions time limit draw or their championship match at the Great American Bash. Also, I'd love to be in attendance for Sting versus Hogan from Starcade 97. Just that entire buildup was crazy. And I know the uh, <laughs> the ending there got a little mixed up, but still being there in the building for that would have been great. If we are going back to watch these matches with our 2021 knowledge, I would also like to say I would like to go back and bet on the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match where Brock Lesnar beat the street because nobody knew that was coming. And I would have made so much fucking money. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd probably also add I wish we could have went because we had planned on going. But then, you know, last minute things happened and we didn't get to go. Uh, I I wish we could have went to Winter is Coming, the AEW show where Sting. Yes, (laughs) Yes, because <laughs> you would have lost the fact your fucking that, mind. The fact that I had to wait two weeks to get my AEW ticket. Like we were supposed to be at this show, and then Sting debuted, and I was freaking out on like here in my living room, jumping up and down, and then right afterwards, I realized I was supposed to be there. <laughs> I can't imagine how you would have been if you had been in attendance. But I still got to see Sting come out with Darby Allen. So that was dope. I still freaked out when I did see him at the uh, Brody Lee Memorial. You know, I, I want to throw one more on there, too. I wish I could have been in, in attendance for uh, Bash, Bash at the Beach 1996, the formation of the NWO, and just Ooh. see that live. <laughs> I guess throw garbage with everybody else. <laughs> Man. Oddly enough, that is the first wrestling memory I have. Like, I know I watched wrestling before then, but my grandma would tell me that 
that pretty much the only thing that would keep my attention on the TV is when Sting was on. So I know that I used to watch wrestling up until that point, but that's the first thing that I vividly remember is Hulk Hogan coming out and Bobby Heenan yelling, but whose side is he on? And you then know the damn leg well drop and everything, on. the leg drop and everything. And I, like that moment sticks out, seeing the trash being thrown in the ring, Hulk Hogan, you know, telling the business to Mean Gene, man. It's also funny watching it now because Hogan apparently has zero idea what <laughs> the name of the group is supposed to be because he keeps calling it the New World Organization. <laughs> it's my favorite part about going back and watching it is he doesn't call it the New World Order. <laughs> Man, that would be one heck of a moment to be there for. The earliest memory I could I can think of is for me, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin throwing the rocks. I believe it was his Intercontinental Championship off the bridge. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Davis? What's your first wrestling memory? Just while we're here. Oh. Uh... A lot of Ultimo Dragon, surprisingly. I just remember yes. like, like 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 loving Ultimo Dragon in WCW. I don't remember any I specific. Ma- I don't remember any specific matches. I just remember. I guess I guess just the you know his mask and the whole shoulder deal he had. I just remember, I guess I, remember I just fell in love with that as a kid, and I believe there was actually one time he was scheduled for a match, and it didn't happen because you know card subjects to change, and I was just so disappointed that night. Oh, yeah, wow. I remember being obsessed with Ultimo Dragon, Psychosis, La Parca, pretty much all of the luchadors back then. See, it's weird because it's like, you know, as a kid, I was supposed to, you'd expect me to be huge fans of like, you know, The Rock or Stunkle, Steve Austin or The Undertaker. And I like that. Nah, KP was an S.A. Rios guy for sure. No, 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 like 100% truth. I was. I absolutely loved Gold Dust. Gold Dust was like my favorite thing ever. You know, I bet that actually is why I love triple uh, watching Triple A sh- shows so much because it just kind of takes me back to like Luchadors and all the crazy shit they do, and it's just fun. I love that. Luchadors Libre is awesome. And our next question comes from Matt Nichols, who says, if you could change one thing about TNA wrestling, what would it be? The entire asylum years. Whoa, don't say entire. Have you not been paying attention to our featured Friday show? There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, let's just take all the good stuff out. And we can just, you know, take off the dancing girls and all the freaking late 90s, early 2000s garbage and then just have the matches that'd be good also jeff jared i don't like your tone if i if i could change anything it'd probably be jeff jared's uh booking power i don't think uh somebody who's a talent should be also you know basically booking the show tell that to kevin nash in late (laughs) wcw (laughs) tell that to the american nightmare cody rhodes (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, oh, I will. <laughs> For me, 
if I could change one thing about TNA wrestling, it would be put Shark Boy in the fucking match, make it a fatal four way, you goddamn cowards. Pull the trigger. That. What is there to lose? Yeah, that and probably the biggest missed opportunity ever put the damn world championship on Almonte on Brown. Yes. Like, Shark Boy in this match is definitely number one. But Monty Brown as NWA champion got to be a strong number two. But with that, we've kept the people waiting long enough. They need to know. They're dying to know. What is our final verdict? Is the last Impact episode from TNAWrestling.com the go-home to Unbreakable 2005 is it TN amazing TN A TN TN acceptable or TN awful? Davis, let us start with you. Yeah, it's probably going to be a TN. Because I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good, and it's it's it could have been a little bit more for a you know for a go home show, but still you know it's. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. KP? Uh, I'm going to have to copy what uh, Davis, what, what, what Kylie said. Uh, I'm going to go with 10. Eh. Like I said, I just expect more from go-home shows. Okay, okay. Well, I, for one, beg to differ. Not like a huge point of contention here. But I, I, for one, enjoyed the show. I do see your points about how nothing absolutely crazy happened. But I'm going to go with a solid, solid TNA. In my opinion, this was a rather good go-home show, especially with this being our last episode of Impact for... A little over a month. So it's pretty exciting. If I was watching this back in 2005, knowing that there is about to be a gap between my next episode of Impact, I'd be rather satisfied with this. So, yes, indeed, I'm going with a TNA. But that has been our show. As always, you can find all of our links in the description below. Check out our storefrontier.com slash total nonstop analysis to get the latest TNA pod merch. Pick up a shirt, show your support. So check out those links below. As always, check out New South Pro Wrestling. Love that Danhausen. And on behalf of myself, KP and Davis, this has been Total Nonstop Analysis.